Zane Lowe, Apple Music. This is the Zane Lowe interview series. Zane's out this week, but I'm Eddie Francis here to introduce this week's episode. A couple weeks ago, Black released his third album, Since I Have a Lover. Now, if you haven't listened to it yet, take a moment, enjoy it, and go along for a long, like, night drive. Like, Zane did this great explanation of exactly why LA's completely different in the daytime than it is at night. And I'm not gonna lie, after Zane kind of told me that, I was like, he is right. So, listening to R&B at night in LA does a different kind of vibe. Now, this is a great companion piece to that actual album and how Zane set it up is he traveled up to the Topanga Canyon like this beautiful uh, overlooking the ocean and they had a deep conversation because if you know anything about black just started off super red hot famous and he took some time off and we're in this place nowadays that we're more aware than ever about mental health and you know people dealing with fame and he kind of dealt with it however he, he felt like dealing with it and you know what he does a way better job of explaining than i ever could so let's do this zane's full conversation with black right now enjoy yeah, it's funny i think about this place Obviously, I know about Topanga. If you live in Los Angeles or in California, you know about Topanga. But it kind of has this um, almost unfair reputation, I think, of a place where people come to uh, check out. Whereas I actually think it's where artists come and creative people, a lot of creative people at least, come to find the space they need to create. We were out here maximum like three, maybe like three months ago, four yeah. months ago, but we shot the album cover out here. So it's kind of like uh, jumping right back in that same space of like, it was this day, but it was colder, rainier, muddier, uh, but we made it look nice and like elegant. I mean, it's it, the odds are living out here that this would be sunny and dry underfoot. Um, I'm really happy it's not. So this feels like the right place to have this conversation. Yeah, I'm happy to be having it. Yeah, good to see you, man. You too, it's been a minute. Uh, I was talking and thinking about it the other day, but you were probably the first person that I like officially talked to. I'm glad you brought it up because I was nervous too. I, I didn't want to start in the present by going back. No, no, I, I remember, I remember. And, and, and even though I was like in a somewhat like a good space, my energy back then was a little bit more just like uh, recluse and secluded and head still like kind of down a little bit, hair over my face turn a little bit to the side, no like direct eye, uh, eye contact. so funny, because I watched this back the other day because I wanted to be reminded what it was like when we first met. Mm. I looked terrible. Like I, <laughs> I was like carrying a little bit of weight, stress weight. I wasn't uh, eating right. I was drinking too much. I was just coping through yeah, stress. Yeah, yeah. And I can see it in my face that I'm just hanging in there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And yeah, you definitely were in a situation where you were feeling it out. And I think also that we were in that era where mystery was a marketing mm, tool for, for some artists. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think it took us all a minute to realize that it wasn't marketing for you, it was actually who you were at that time. Yeah. You know, but it did kind of work for your music in a weird way. I mean, you can trace it to that, right? Absolutely, yeah. It, it helped me get out like some of the things that I couldn't get out in regular conversations in my life. And it was good for that moment and it helped me be creative in that moment. Mm. But what I've learned over the past few years is that was just like one version of who I was and mm. maybe it got me to a certain point, but I don't have to like be in that bag anymore. It's just not who I am. It's not who I want to be. Uh, maybe it's who I was, but this feels a lot better. It's good that you can make that decision and, and ultimately define your music and define yourself and, and take those necessary steps. Because I think as fans, and I, I'm putting myself in this equation, when we fall in love with something that somebody's made, we we kind of want, that That fills a, that yeah. hole for us. Yeah. So just keep doing that to some degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you ever feel okay. that? Um, I, I, I feel it from the outside, from the of outside, course. Yeah. Um, but I think that ultimately, like even when people say that, it's more of a feeling than anything. If you want the album, the album is there. Mm. Uh, but the last thing you want is somebody to do the same thing over and over again. Because then people mm. will say, Oh, he, he never changes. He does the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. I know what kind of music he makes. I know what kind of vibe I'm getting from him. And some of my favorite artists have changed and grown like between albums. And every time that they reintroduce themselves, they reintroduce like a new part of their life or a new vision that they've had or a new emotion that they're like living in. So I have to always like stick to the path of growing and know that sometimes you shed people along the way. But mm -hmm. as long as like I'm, I'm on this like same mission, it's cool. You're one of those artists now for me and for a lot of people, who are those artists for you? Who are the ones that paved the road? 
um kanye was is a is a big one and you can hear that sonically like between mm-hmm. each album like you can remember where you were you can remember where he was mm-hmm. you can remember the outfits that he was wearing during the time oh, there's no artist who's traveled as far and as wide through their through their art as him as as him yeah you know it, it's hard for us i think when we fall in love with our artists to not create too close a distinction between the two yeah but we have to almost treat the music differently, don't we, to some degree? Absolutely, but I think one thing that I've learned in my personal life, which I can now like apply to even like some of my favorite artists, is when I'm like in the midst of like trying to figure out things with people in my life, when I'm in, under like immense stress, when there are so many outside factors and things that like other people could never relate to or know, what's the point? Like, what is like what's the actual point or the message like within? the mess that's like happening. What is somebody actually trying to say to you? Yeah. If you can find that, then reacting, you know, isn't always necessarily like my my go-to anymore. Like yeah. I've been more reactive than I have been proactive mm. for most of my life. And now I'm at the part where I'm like, why am I tripping so much over like how, if I can understand what it is, like if I can understand what the point is. That's real growth, man. And it's just grace. Like everybody deserves a little bit of grace. Everybody deserves patience. Um, I know that's what's been saving me the last few years. Like if I didn't have a partner who had grace for me, then there probably wouldn't be an album right now. (laughs) It's a great place for us to settle for a minute because I mean, I said to you on text in person and now on the record, that's Mm -hmm. the, that's the, that's the triumvirate. This album is, um, it is a remarkable collection of thoughts, inner and outer, and the music and arrangement, everything about it is so loving. And as my friend Fred said to me once, I'll say it to you, this music knows itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so congratulations, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I can tell you no. I can tell you you're proud yeah, of it yeah, too. Nah, it's, it's cool to like to know yourself mm-hmm. and to stand on that and to honestly teach other people to like do the same thing. It's like, this is mm-hmm. me really looking myself in the mirror and knowing like how I want to be, the influence I want to have on my daughter, uh, the influence I want to have on my future kids, mm-hmm. my future family, um, and knowing that with music there is a bit of a responsibility and whether you acknowledge it or not, people are listening mm-hmm. and they're learning and they're mm-hmm. following. So mm-hmm. what do you want to say to them? Social responsibility. Absolutely. Huh. Unless you're in a good place within yourself, social responsibility becomes a weight around your ankles. Yeah. You know. For sure. You have to truly understand what it is that you're saying, your purpose, before you can become anything to anyone else. Absolutely. That's a lot of, that's a, that's a really in, intense journey. It needs a catalyst to some degree. Sometimes it's loss. Sometimes it's just some kind of a movable object that's in front of you, mental, spiritual. What was yours? Was it, was it your relationship? Was it the fear of losing somebody? Was it, what, what was the catalyst that made you want to really take a look at your life and do some proper work away from being black? Feeling like I was putting myself in a position to have to make free black too. It was like yeah. it was like I'm watching myself self sabotage everything around me. To get there. Yeah, I'm watching myself like lie about like small things. I'm watching myself like put off hard conversations because they make me uncomfortable. And it's like, oh, I'll talk about it on Wednesday. And then Wednesday comes and it's like, oh, I'm having a good day today, so I'll get to it on Friday. And then by Monday, it pops up in a, in a way that you didn't expect. And you're like, oh, now, now it's not a conversation anymore. Now it's an actual issue. Now back to that reactive, no proactivity. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it was really just feeling like things were slipping through my hands and mm. knowing that the main factor was myself. It wasn't anybody doing anything to me. It was me doing things to myself. And it got to the point where, you know, the, my, the person who I care about the most was just like, you look like you got it together to everybody else, but I can see you. And... I don't and like it. Yeah, I don't like it. You know, I think about that album title, the your debut album, Free Black. I mean, it's an iconic album for a lot of fans. And, you know, it's, it, it, well, I know how it makes me feel. Mm-hmm. It, it served a purpose at a point in my life when I needed it. Yeah. I think I've told you this before, but I used to listen to that album a lot, driving through the hills in Los Angeles at night, mm-hmm. where the street lights aren't light enough. Yeah. And there's a lot of dark space in between. Yeah. And that album seemed to really suit that feeling for me. Who was that kid that made that record? Looking back on him now. 2016 me was obviously like coming out of a bad record deal and feeling like I had something to prove to myself. Coming out of at the very least like two or three relationships that didn't even match with who I felt like I was. It was more so 
just like feeling time and feeling space and settling and allowing like my depression and my moods to just like just overtake like my decision making skills mm. and then that started to like inspire the creativity mm. and then mm. that became like a crutch it's a coping mechanism yeah so it's like a crutch mm. and i honestly feel like that's the reason why this new music has like pushed me in a different direction because i know that it's cool to, to like create things from that space and you get amazing things from it but at some point it almost becomes like a fetish and it also and, and, uh. and it becomes like a style and it becomes like we were talking about yeah. uh, what's your identity um, yeah it's like an identity and i'm just like but is this really like where you want to be? Is this really how you feel? Is this really like, is it benefiting you? Like when you wake up in the morning, how do you feel? Do you feel full? And I was feeling more and more drained with every relationship, more and more drained with like every moment. And I remember going on that tour and after that tour was over, I was just like, I, like there's been no progression. Like I feel like I just lived that album on the road. Yeah. And now I'm just back looking at my life and it still feels like it's in shambles. You know, it feels like pressure to me, that album too. It feels like you're carrying the world on your on your shoulders. Uh, it's music for people who feel overwhelmed, I think. Absolutely, absolutely. It's like, I'm feeling overwhelmed, yeah. so it's okay, listen to this yeah, right no, now. Yeah, it's, no, it's, it's a bit, it's hopeful in there, you know, it's, it's hope in there, but it, it was definitely a coping album for sure. And yeah. it was definitely an album where 90% of the songs that I made, I was in the room by myself. And it was definitely an album where uh, everything was you know, monochrome and black and white and muted. And mm. the way that I even performed back then was completely different too. Mm. It was mm. looking down at the ground. Mm. I didn't do too much like running around. I didn't even know myself. You know, I was, I knew Free Black, the album, but I didn't know like who I could be until I really took what step one, which was as soon as that tour was over. Just cut it off. Cut it off. Cut it off. Cut it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize you were the eldest of three kids. Of, of you have younger, younger siblings. Yes. Yep. You know, and I, I think about this, this image of you when you came out, and it was like, a lot was built around you. Yeah. Industry was built around you. Your fans surrounded you. You made all the music on your own. There was a sort of sense that you were doing this for everybody as much as for yourself. And I wonder whether an element of that comes from being the older sibling and. If there's a kind of innate sense of responsibility, at least when you were starting, that you've now been able to get past and move in your own space. I know what music did for me when I was younger and like when I went through certain things. So that coupled with, like you said, being the oldest just makes me feel like, and figuring out just what my purpose was in general. It was yeah. like, I have this passion for music, but I also have a passion for people. And maybe I'm not the most like expressive, but there is something that I can do with this that like helps other people. So let me just figure out what my knack is. Let me yeah. figure out how to tell this story. And yeah, taking care of my brother and my sister was like step one to figuring out how to help take care of my listeners. Yeah. Can you try to describe how that felt looking back on that now with some perspective, mm. having an identity that was ultimately manufactured from within inside yourself that became success. And then we start, we just want that again. Mm. Um, I mean, it's just a teaching moment more than anything. Like, I love to remind people that like, who I was yesterday is just not who I am today. And it'll never be that way sonically. It'll mm. never be that way emotionally. Mm. It'll never be that way spiritually. Like, I have been enjoying this process of growing up. And mm. I don't think that music has enough moments where like, people just champion growing up and champion maturing and champion healthy love and champion like, I'm working on myself and I'm trying to be a better man and a better mm. father and a better brother and a better son. So since I felt like that void was missing, I, I just want to continue to feel it. And I want to continue to tell people like, this is who I am. You can catch up or you can find somebody else to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good, man. That's a really important yeah. point is that, you know, in your life is it, in growth is to be able to say, it's okay. I don't have to hold on to everyone and everything all the time. Yeah. Um, this album feels like that. You know, it has that same feeling that you've been putting in your music, this idea of opening the front door to your life. Mm -hmm. um, there's voices in the introduction. Yep. Not to be super nerdy, but I have to lean in to hear what they're saying. Mm -hmm. It's almost like they're just for you, to yep. remind you, but we get to experience them only if we're present enough to listen. Was that by design? Absolutely, yeah. These are like all the things that happened in the past four or five years, pandemic-wise, uh, personal life-wise, and there's like moments where my daughter pops out. Mm. Uh, there's moment where, moments where you hear like a fan talking, just like talking mm. about the hunger for new music. And in the midst of creating, you know, having all these outside forces, you know, kind of sometimes clutter, 
sometimes help, mm. sometimes inspire, mm. sometimes a little bit depressed. It's just like these outside factors are just going nonstop and I still have to figure out a way to like be linear and to be clear and to speak up. And at the end of it all, it clears and we take a deep breath and then we get into what today is. Yeah, in Woodhill Park. Yeah. New York? Yeah, absolutely. Why? Um, first, it was named that before, mm. like and the beat was named that before anything. And once the beat was named that, I felt like it was my duty to mm. go up to Anwood Hill Park, plug in my headphones, take a walk by myself, and sit. I sat on a rock in the middle of Anwood Hill Park for, I kid you not, like six to eight hours. This is crazy. I don't think I've ever spoken to an artist <laughs> who has actually named something after a location and then gone to the location yeah. and had the experience that inspired the song subconsciously. It's normally the other way. I sat there for hours. I sat there. It was sunny outside. Mm -hmm. And by the time I left Inwood Hill Park, it was pitch black outside. Oh, and yeah, just me by myself, headphones in, music playing. I didn't need anything else in that moment except to like just take in this place that I was about to name the song after. Wow. But, um, yeah, I took my walk. I took some pictures. I had a, a pretty rough day that day. Mm. And that was like a good moment to take a break and just like recenter myself, reground myself, mm. um, not talk to anybody, not text anybody. How would you have done that last time if you'd had a rough day and you hadn't gone to Inwood Hill Park and meditated in that space with music? I just would have tucked away in my room somewhere. Mm. It would have been something simple. I'm, mm. I'm happy like through music, I've been able to travel and as simple as it may seem sometimes for us because everybody's on the move these days like to be able to go somewhere and like mm. experience life in a completely different way than you're used to experiencing it is just 10 out of 10. i don't know two years of pandemic as unkind as it was on everybody it was a little bit kinder on artists because it, if you want to take five years between albums let's take two off the top already mm -hmm. let's call it three years yeah everybody was off because I don't, I don't think you can expect anyone to make art during two years of quarantine. If you did, great, but I don't, it's not something I was like, oh, you got two years off, go make it. Heaps yeah, of music. Yeah, you need life, yeah. you, you need life to make life, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So, I don't want to ask you that outright, where have you been? Um, but, I, but I'm going to ask you like, has it felt like five years to you? What has happened to time for you in between records? definitely felt like five years um some days it feels like it's gone by like faster than i could have ever expected and then when i think back to like certain moments um some days it was really in slow motion mm -hmm. and i remember being almost like a little bit not excited but like when i heard that we were going on lockdown i was just like i'm i'm used to to like being a homebody and and i thrive you know being to myself so this will be something that like i'm familiar with mm -hmm. and then i got into it mm -hmm and realize it wasn't, you know, what I expected it to be. And it really like put a mirror in front of my face. Because you're alone with yourself. Exactly, mm -hmm. and it put a mirror in front of my face and it forced me that. to look at myself um, and sharing space with other people mm -hmm. and, you know, learning what it is to like share space and love somebody and for that to really be unconditional and what that like requires and how like you can't just go outside and go to lunch and take a break from like whatever you need to deal with. It's like, yeah. oh, we got to deal with it right now because we actually don't have a choice but to deal with it right now. Is it too literal to think the song like Playhouse relates to that? Playhouse is absolutely related to that, 100%, because that was like um, a theme that just like popped up in conversations every now and then. You got two individuals who are good on their own, mm. who end up like in this moment in time where you are leaning on each other, but you're also trying to say at the same exact time, like, I'm not trying to just be somebody's boyfriend. I'm mm. not trying to just mm. be somebody's girlfriend. Like, there are things that I want to do. There are things that you want to do. Like, how do we honor those things and then come back together at the end of the day and, like, have that peace and have that, you know, that unity. Especially when you can't. Especially yeah. when you can't actually go about your, the life that you had designed for yourself. That was the big thing I took away from a lot of it was, like, yeah. by design of what? Mm. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. We sort of, if we're lucky, we start to imagine it up and then we start to put it into, into, into action. Yeah. Combination of sort of fortunate experience and luck, hard work, yep. being present, obsessing over the future. Absolutely. All that weird now. thing. Yeah, yeah, you know? And then you find yourself in a situation where it's like, oh, I've created this construct that fits me mm -hmm. and that just evaporated, I think, mm -hmm. in that time. Yeah, Plant House was a good stamp for me to like, once again, like have a conversation that was a little bit more difficult for me to have a conversation just like one-on-one. -on -one. It was just a moment of exercising a thought, uh, something that kept popping up. My producer, Sengot, mm. um, introduced the sonics of it to me and mm. introduced like something that he was dealing with. And as soon as he said the, the phrase, 
playing house, I was like, oh my God, that's just, that keeps coming up in my combos. And honestly, I was, at the time I'm like, I'm so sick of that phrase, but let me like flip it and look at myself, you know, as I speak about it and not use it as a moment to make like a X calling or problems or anything that's like pointing mm. the finger at somebody. It was, mm. it was saying, how do I self-reflect? Like, well, cause it's growth, right? You've moved on from those things yeah, into yeah. a place where you're not quite home. Yeah. Playing house is the step before home, you know? Exactly, 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 exactly. So I'm glad that I, I handled it with maturity and every song on this album was a moment of that too. It was just like, how do I look at myself and not point the finger at anybody else? Because as of, you know, right now I've made a, maybe like, a good portion of my career um, not being as accountable as, as I could have been. Yeah, there's a lot of Nobody's Perfect on this album, which is great. Um, the album title, the title track, it obviously means a lot to you. Mm -hmm. Where did it come from? What does it mean? You know, there's a reprise basically at the end of that song. So yeah. it's clear you don't want to let that music go. Yeah. It's like, I feel when that song finally ends, it's you just going, okay, I've got to move on. Yeah, wow. But it's like, I, th I think you'd still be in that piece of music right now if, we, if nah. you hadn't made an album. Since I is, I honestly felt like it is the answer to like, where have you been? Or what have you been doing? Or what's inspired, you know, what's inspiring you? Um, since I have a lover is, normally the album titles for the last two, uh, and including this one, have mm -hmm. come at the very end of mm -hmm. making the music. So, mm -hmm. Free Black, I made the song free uh, towards like the last month of recording. And then I kind of stepped back and was like, oh, this is what it is. And East Atlanta Love Letter, um, we were are already done with the process and East Atlanta Love Letter, the song, mm. just popped out and stepped back again and was like, I think this is what it is. And then mm. Since I Have a Lover was another moment where I knew the theme, I knew the story that we were telling, we already had a bulk of the music, but there was something missing and I went maybe weeks of just, it was like we were supposed to pull the trigger on when it was time to wrap things up and release and you know start to shoot things and I just kept being like, something's missing and I don't know what it is. And I just have to like be patient and say the deadline and sit until that thing popped out. And when I heard the music for it, I was like, that's the, that's the feeling right How there. does anyone even apply deadline when it's been five years? That's like, wow. what is somebody gonna turn around and go like, hey yeah, man, yeah. it's been five years, you need to <laughs> hand it in by May. It's like, dude, what about last May? Like, yeah, yeah, what's yeah. a deadline? Like at the end of the day. The only reason why is because I kind of like started to speak on like wrapping up and I gave everybody like the, the energy of, right. we're, we're almost done. Yeah. So once you say we're almost done, everybody starts to move and get things in order and uh, until I made the title track, Since I Have a Lover. That was like the moment where I was like, okay, that sounds like an album title. Mm. That sounds like an answer to a question. Mm. That sounds like an ode to the person that I'm with. It sounds like everything, like all wrapped in mm. one. It's, it's a great title. Um, it also, also is really, it's a really lovely um, extension from the sentiment and the album cover and the artwork and the, and the aesthetic of East Atlanta Love Letter, which Absolutely. is you on your own with your child on your chest making music in the kitchen. Yep, and we in the next chapter. I mean, that to me is like, that was one of the most striking pieces of art I'd seen in a long time because what it said was like, this is my life. This yep. is the balance that I'm in right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't stop this. I'm certainly never letting go of this. Absolutely not. And I'm gonna, I gotta do whatever I gotta do wherever it is. Mm -hmm. Everything changed for me when I became a father. Yeah, everything does change. It's yeah. still changing every day. Yeah, every day. Every day. And it, you're right, absolutely right, it continues. You know, parent, being a parent is, is one of the great gifts and one of the good, great challenges, and you can't have joy without the challenge. And I think what I realized really quickly was that I had a lot of work to do, and I had to do it really fast. Yeah. Kids um, will make you realize that super quick. Yeah, and I had to reflect on what I'd come, where I'd come from to find out where I was, mm -hmm to be able to go where I needed to go. Mm -hmm. How did it make you reflect on your childhood and your relationship with your parents and becoming a parent? How did you, to change the way you relate to that experience? It really made me think about how I grew up and I love my mom, I love my dad. Like the relationship is absolutely there, but there were certain like things that I had to get to the source of as far as like issues in my present life mm -hmm. and in order to like really clear things up in my present life, I had to go back and just go in chronological order and say, mm -hmm. there was a moment where I stopped caring so much. And there was a moment where I, you know, started handling things on my own. There was a moment where I stopped sharing my grades. I stopped trying to impress. I stopped trying to like um, latch on to my mom or my dad. And those moments were the moments where like this personality started to shape. And then this personality started to basically tell the narrative for the rest of my life up until mm. after Free Black. Mm. And 
I just didn't want to like repeat anything uh, with my kid. Like she reminded me that I am expressive and that I am funny and that mm. I am, you know, filterless and that I am uh, everything that a kid is too. It's just like, I can, I'm that with her. So when I see that version of myself pop out, it's like, this is what was lost. This is what was suppressed. And I need to like be exercising that every day. I need to be stimulating that every yeah, day. It's a muscle. It's a muscle. <laughs> Absolutely. For sure. I forgot how to work it for a minute. And you know, my, my daughter really helped spark, you know, what I needed to just remember for a second. And once I started remembering, it was just like, I gotta, I gotta practice. That's it. I just need to practice. I need to go out in nature. I need to go to the beach. I need to go on a hike. I need to go camping. I need, need to, to feel something. Yeah. I need to like continue to feel and stimulate because I don't want to like continue to put these labels on me for like who I who I am or who I thought I was. Like I remember thinking I don't I don't do this and I just never done that and oh I just don't talk that much and I'm just like why why did I go through like so long of my life thinking that this is just who I was yeah. and not realizing that that was just a coping mechanism to get to yeah. where I am. There's a song called Chasing Feeling that I think really speaks to that. Mm, absolutely. It's this idea of um how come I don't you're emotional right now in this moment. How come I'm not emotional in this mm -hmm, moment? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> I asked, oh my God, that question is like. What's wrong with me? It's like, kind of you know? haunted me like for a while. Like the, the what's wrong with me thing has popped up so many times because I would be in moments where I would just think about the fact that a normal person would, would feel something in this moment. A normal mm -hmm. person would feel this embrace from this person who I love and like be able to, to equally match it. But I'm like, I find myself like digging and like trying to like either mm. bring it out or just sit in there questioning myself like why isn't it hitting the same or why you know why why am I not able to match and, I get it. and that what's wrong with me was tearing me up for a second because it's like how do I like how do I pinpoint what that is and how do I fix that because it doesn't have to be this way and I know that I've like convinced myself that it it is this way and it, and it just might be this way for the rest of my life but it has an effect on like the people around me and well, it's hard to have relationships with people when people don't feel that you're able to exist in that moment with the yeah. same degree of connectivity that's why i say like getting to the source was that was the problem solver that was a game changer for me because it was almost like i'm promoting this like story of growth and this story mm -hmm. of like positivity and the story of triumph and hope but I had to really spin around and think like you're not doing the work that yeah, you, that it's yeah, like you're yeah. false claiming right now. Like false you, claiming. Yeah, you, you're not you're not doing all the work that you perpetrate that you're doing. <laughs> and it's cool that you inspire it's other people. Hot, yeah, know. it's like it's cool that you're trying to inspire other people to do it, but yeah. unless you do it in your own life, it's gonna it's gonna it's, it's gonna it's gonna come and get you. It's gonna take you. It's gonna yank you up. And yeah, I felt like it started to really like just throw me off and make me like mm. look like a more just like a, a a bad a worse version of myself than i really am the flow of the album is really fascinating to me because it's like pretty emotionally intelligent track listing you know mm -hmm. you you ease us in with this like where have you been mm -hmm. it would in wood hill park like yeah man i'm here mm -hmm. i've got this tempo mm -hmm. it's emotional but there's urgency mm -hmm. and then we we roll pretty quickly through um you know to the point where i think it it, it takes it gets into the real heart and soul of the of the of the journey which is from about spirited away mm -hmm. yeah. on it starts to feel like okay now i've got you got you where i need you yeah this is really where we're at exactly um spirited away is one of my favorite pieces of music on the album nice and um i just wanted to to leave it open and just and just ask you what your thoughts are on that from the artist as the artist who made it whether you can detach yourself enough to appreciate it the way we do that one took the longest for me to finish and it feels easy to listen to. That night I was watching Spirited Away. Mm. Um, I had a little bit of shrooms to heighten the <laughs> the emotional <laughs> experience and connection to it. And then you watched Spirited Away. But it, Amazing. yeah, but that's that's what it was. It was like Beautiful. an unlocking moment for me. It was me like starting to, to like get an emotion and get in a rhythm and be more expressive. And, you know, just honor the fact that I'm in my home right now. Yeah. And, this isn't something that's like, that I should be taking for granted. Like this is a safe space. I worked for it. Nobody's coming in the room to interrupt me. I have the food I need. I have the water I need. I have the yeah. snacks I need. Let me go a bit deeper inside. I got the studio I need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can make whatever face I want while I'm recording. I can get as ugly with it as I need to get to like, to really get it out. And that was really a moment of me, you know, looking at my life and saying like, it's really time to unlock and, and go to another level 
uh, spiritually. There's a couple of moments on the album where I feel like you're looking back through the window of the room that you used to be in, observing it the way that you mm. that, that people behave in those rooms. Yeah. Other artists, industry, all that stuff that we get swept up in now, especially through social media mm. and stuff. Preach is one of them. Yeah. Talkback's one of them. Yeah. You know, this album is not without judgment. You know, I think I think there's definitely moments when you're like calling a you know a spade a spade. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, just because I feel like there's more of everything else than there is of like things that feed us. Um, I'm a fan of everything. I enjoy all kinds of music, all kinds of topics. I come from Atlanta. I come from Baltimore. I've seen. I felt. I understand. Uh, I sympathize. But I think that we have reached a point where money. I mean, money's always been like the driving force. So. For me to be like the adult in the situation, I was like, now I actually have a mouth to speak on it. And mm. maybe when I was a kid, I'm just like observing or I'm not like fully aware, but I'm, I'm growing now and I see my peers and I want everybody to, to be a little bit more responsible because we've lost way too many people in the last five to 10 years, like prematurely too, not even just- No, no tragedy. Yeah, like prematurely, tragedy. we've lost more people than we can count on two hands as far as household names. Yeah. So, you know, it's not like, I can see that and feel that and not speak on it and not say like, what are we doing? Like, what are we, what are we teaching? What are we trying to do? And what do you think it is? Having been in a situation where you, you, you know, your ego and your id was driving you to some degree forward mm -hmm. into this music space. There's yeah. a competitiveness, a desire to achieve that gets you there. That's the ego, mm -hmm. drive, drive, drive. Yeah. So to have the presence of mind to be able to write a song like Preach, what is it that you see from the outside looking in now? It's more so just a question of like, when, when you get there, what do you do with it? That's, that's really it. It's like, we all have some kind of journey of making it through something to get to like point B. And now the next question is from point B, where do you go? Like, what, what do you say next? How do you like flip that for somebody else? Or do you continue to cycle? And mm. if you look at what you produce and that's just like an ingredient to continue in the cycle, then it's not really something to be like that proud of. Like telling a story is one thing, but you know, glamorizing or glorifying or like keeping our people just like stuck. I could never, like I could just never be that person. And I could never have friends that are those type of types of people without being like, hey, I need you to, to wake up a little bit. So is that gonna affect the kind of collaborations you do and the songs you choose to get on and the environments you find yourself in creatively? Absolutely, but you know, not in like a, a judgmental way. Like I have friends that, haven't you know necessarily graduated to the part where I am right now, but that's why I'm around them so that I can continue to speak to them and so I can continue to be like, I know what's going on over here, but this is what's happening over here. I'm going to this retreat next week. You should try it. I'm talking to this therapist. I know you said you know you got some stuff that probably nobody would ever understand or know, but you should try it. And I've had those moments with like plenty of artists. Obviously, I don't want to you know give nobody's business away, of course. But, but I've had moments with people who. I've literally been like, the line is there. Whenever you need the line, bro, whenever it gets too much, it'll be right here, I promise. So getting back to the role of relationships in this album and the fact that there isn't so much blame either on yourself or on someone else mm -hmm. as kind of inexperienced as like, it's my fault or it's your fault, mm -hmm. tit for tat. Yeah. This yeah. idea of, it's okay, this is the cycle. This is how it goes. Mm -hmm. um, just being really straight up and asking, because I'm fascinated by the, by the way the art relates to life, how making this album has positively affected your ability to maintain a healthy relationship. It feels good to not have to hide songs from, from somebody, you know, to not be embarrassed yeah. or, or guilty or um, shy anymore about like what I'm doing. Like to be proud, like to have a song like Since I Have Beloved mm. and to be able to say, I know when you hear this, you know, you'll you'll know exactly what I was thinking about. Why I was, you remember the moment, you remember the day, you remember the feeling. And it's been such a positive reinforcement to have somebody that really holds me accountable because for so long, I was the leader for a lot of my friends. I had never had a mentor. I never had an OG. I never had like somebody who was there to like give me tips and give me help. And to have somebody who just came into my life and knew more than me in certain areas. I'm like, oh, this is, this is different. And it's gonna take some adjusting because I didn't know that I had an ego, but mm -hmm. here it is, you know, anytime that it's something as simple as like, hey, did you know that if you were to uh, put this in your water, then it would help you with this. And you, you wanna be like, 
Yeah, I knew that. But because <laughs> <laughs> to every because yeah, to, to everybody do. else, I know everything. Yeah, that's what we do. <laughs> but to somebody, yeah. uh, you know, for somebody to come with more knowledge and, and different knowledge and different experiences, to be able to say, she don't know that. Yeah, it, it's been helped. Yeah. So to have somebody who helps me like be accountable for my body and making sure that I have a routine. Mm. I got a text before I came here, basically saying you. Your bedtime is 8.30 tonight. You should go to bed at 8.30 in order to, like, feel good tomorrow. And I'm like, that's actually crazy you said it because my phone just told me that my bedtime is 8.30 tonight. So she knows, like, even without knowing sometimes. And that just makes for, like, a healthier soundscape when I get into the studio. Like, I, yeah. I move with the weight is off. And, and I'm able to, like, create with different sounds that I wasn't able to explore before. Yeah, I've always loved, like, acoustic-driven, like, things. But... Um, I just never explored it that much because that's just not the vibe that we were in in That's beautiful. I mean, the sound design, if we can just take a beat there for a second, is incredible on this record. The production, the feeling, it all just nurtures your words and performance so tastefully. Um, I don't know if this is a reference for you, but I hear elements of Jeff Buckley in there. The way the guitar just rings in this beautiful, almost clean strat. It just flows through the reverb. And the catch this time will be I get to bring guitar to stage, which mm. I've never done before. Mm. Um, I'll be playing guitar on stage for this next tour. Mm. I played like a couple of licks on the album. Which ones? Um, Someone Since I. Mm -hmm. um, and I had a great teacher, Taylor mm. um, Taylor Gamble. Mm. Uh, she came throughout the perfect time too. This uncomfortable time period where I'm just having to like really fight the resistance. And learning guitar was almost like getting in a new relationship. It was. You know nothing. I was, I sucked in front of somebody. I was trash. You can't <laughs> not. That's the thing. I was trash. There's I, no bluff. I haven't been trash at anything in a long time. Your so. fingers hurt. I mean, you don't know what you're doing. And by the way, there's nothing more like humbling than yeah. picking up an instrument for the first time mm -hmm. and bringing um, success to the table and yeah. realizing that you're not successful at yeah. this. Uh, it was it, it was a perfect, perfect, perfect humbling moment in the midst of everything that was going on because it was just like, damn, I just keep getting humbled and I just have to eat this. And I have to make sure I have practice next week, even if I feel like I haven't gotten like better or if I feel like I haven't yeah. learned exactly what she wanted me to learn. It's just like I have to stick to it. Just to pick up an instrument and, and just, I mean, we could, you could just be here on your own with an instrument and, and inspiration you. strikes you and you're great. Absolutely. I think that was like another thing that almost, not like slowed this process, but made it a little bit more of a task for me is just knowing that I'm also reaching a phase where I have to get more into like yeah. being able to create things on my own, like completely on my own, even if it's just a guitar loop and, and getting out a song. You know, I've always had ideas and always been able to feed ideas to people, but I have to I have to be a producer. And also help other people too. Exactly. Help so. other people find their voice as well. I think about like Don Tolliver, who's one of the only only guest appearances on the record. My favorite. He's incredible. And and to me, I, I think this gets back to the idea of 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 being able to um present your learnings mm -hmm. in a way without it being preachy. Mm -hmm. Don Tolliver is kind of you now, where you were a few years back. He's Don probably the most guested artist on the planet. Like Don he's on great. everybody's records, he's right? He's great. Making great music, finding his identity, finding his voice. Do you see a little bit of his journey in yourself? And, and is that part of what do you think connects you to him is recognizing yeah, like for like? Absolutely. and. I think more than anything, like, it's just really inspiring for me. Like, it's really inspiring for me to listen to somebody else's music and just go, like, the acoustics of this mm. is just amazing. Like, it's every song, every melody, every part of the production, like, it just fits and it sits perfectly. And I have things that I would have changed about, you know, certain albums looking back or certain moments looking back. Yeah. But when I listen to, uh, like, Life of a Don, and when I listen to Love Sick, I'm just like, it's a really great place to be at the, basically at the, the beginning yeah. of a career. I'm like, that's, it's so tight, so, so, so good. Yeah. So yeah, um, it's been super inspiring. Don got me through the pandemic for sure. There were a couple albums that got me through. Uh, Wizkid, yeah. the um, Made in Legos yeah. uh, album. Amazing record. So um, those are the things that really like, made me look at myself and say, oh, you got to learn a little bit more. Well, I hear a little bit of that. Like, it, it, it may, may, may not be where you were going with it, but it's not like Decada. Decada, yeah. Yeah, yeah flowing in different rhythms yeah. and finding different feel. Mm -hmm. um, I, yeah, I want a little bit of, like, can we talk a little bit about Decada? Because that song came out of nowhere for me. Movement, man. Like like, like I said, that Wizkid album really inspired just like 
it made me move during a time where nobody wanted to move, where we actually weren't even able to go outside. Like, yeah. I remember that feeling of listening to that album all the way through and just being like, I could play that again yeah. all the way through and not skip a song, a single song. Yeah. So uh, Decatur for me, sonically, was a breath of fresh air. Uh, Olu from Earth Gang produced it. Mm. And that was just on a catch-up combo. We weren't even like technically scheduled to m make anything or, or talk music. It was just catch-up. Oh, that's just yeah. friends. Yeah, see how you been? He's like, I've been working on my production stuff, plays me some stuff, yeah. and I hear Decatur and I'm like, oh right. yeah. And then storyline-wise, or just like feeling-wise, Decatur for me kind of speaks to, like I said, that moment of like doing things that I'm just not used to doing, like getting outside of my comfort zone uh, and in my personal life. like. Mm -hmm being able to go to a tea party with my girl and feel like I'm I'm not uncomfortable. I'm not, mm. I ain't got to worry about nobody seeing me and being like, oh, you're not even supposed to be here. Being right a true now. partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah. Decatur is like, it's high tea for me. It's, it's a moment where I, I get to, to be in touch with like another side of myself. And when I think of that music video, even though we haven't shot it yet, I think of all the people that you wouldn't imagine in a tea setting, Yeah. but just there, like Gucci and, you know, Baka Flocka and like all the Atlanta legends, just like in a spot where it's like, oh, they all got dressed up to go to a what? A tea party? No, that's, that's really cool. That's life. That's yeah. life exactly. being lived. Experience, bro. Experiencing things and not yeah. being like turned off from something just because it's not what you didn't do in your past. Like, I've been able to enjoy so many different things recently, all based off of like learning with my partner and being like, actually, I think I am interested in going to see a ballet. I am interested in going to see a Broadway show. I mm -hmm. am interested mm -hmm. in. Like I said, having a tea party with you and your sisters and your family, like these are things that help me tap into like another side of myself that I just never got to express. But what else do you want to do in life? I want to get my green thumb together for sure. I want to know how to like actually put stuff into the earth and grow stuff. So that's like a, a sooner goal than anything else. But I think overall, it's just continuing to like figure out ways to do things around me. Like we did a water well in Uganda a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And the idea of knowing that $3,000 in the U.S. is a shopping spree for some people. Mm. But $3,000 somewhere else might be water for a whole entire community. It's infrastructure. Yeah, yeah, like infrastructure for a whole community. So it's like finding more projects like that uh, so that I can just feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing while I'm here. So like if I have access to resources, if I have access to money, then let's find somewhere productive to put it. And as of right now, that's like my main goal. So what is money to you? Is it, is it about sharing? I mean, do you like to spend money on your family, on your parents, on the people in your life? Do you like to be generous? Yeah, for sure. Um, but with that, you know, it starts to bleed a little bit. Uh -huh. you know, it starts to spill over the edges. So I always have to remind people that uh, in addition to helping you, I have to help myself Yeah. and I have to help my kid. And your kid and, is, a, is the big one. And I got to live for about, at the very least, like 50, 60 more years. So. It's yeah. a long time to be responsible for yourself. Like, it's a pretty... <laughs> and this is the thing that a lot of people don't realize about music as well, which is Andre 3000 summed it up so brilliantly in Elevators when he talks about living beat to beat and check to check. Yeah. If you don't move your feet, then I don't eat, so we like neck to neck. It's... That idea of like, people think because you're doing what you love that you've, you've made it financially, but the music keeps the lights on. Absolutely. And like I said, it's just a very... We, 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 we're all going to be here for hopefully... God willing for a very long time. Um, and that is a lot of time to be responsible for yourself. That is a lot of time to like figure out, you know, who you will be in the next phase of life because who I am right now is not, you know, who I'll be in 20 years. Like mm -hmm. I won't still be black on tour. Uh, I'll mm -hmm. be black somewhere, maybe hopefully on a farm somewhere, hopefully yeah. on some land. But you know who you'll be looking at? You'll be looking at your daughter and your other children who'll be 15, 20, mm -hmm. 25 years old who will reflect you back to you. Yep. And the decisions you make in life now ultimately set them on that path. Yep. I'd imagine your daughter at her age now, how old is she now, six? Six, yep. She's into stuff. She loves stuff. And you can't be like, don't, just go, I had yeah, all the stuff. You yeah. can't have all the stuff. I'm yeah. doing you a favor. She can be like, don't talk, like, you, you know, got the stuff. She gets the stuff, but <laughs> she gets a, a really good talking about the stuff too. She she gets yeah. balanced too. I got videos of her doing like this in moments where she's That's mad. That's beautiful. <laughs> That's beautiful, because even if she's pretending, right? The I'm process like, just, begins. Yeah, I'm like, just breathe, just That's breathe. That's she's like, and they pretend. Yeah. So I know that even though she might not fully understand like mm. what she's doing in that moment, the breathing and the patience and the grace and the moment of just like speaking to her as an equal is mm. what she needs. And I didn't always get that growing up. You know, it was more so like, you do what I say, it's my house, I pay the bills. Mm. Otherwise, 
That's a defensiveness again, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, yeah, let me, yeah. yeah, let me not like have this like overbearing control over like her emotions and what she feels. Let me give her space to grow, yeah. space to feel, space to cry, space to laugh, space to do whatever, make mistakes, and ultimately she'll have a way healthier, better outlook on like who I am to her. That's just my baby. I just wanted to always like know that I love you. I got you. If there's ever anything cool, if you want to talk about it, great. If you don't, I'm cool too, but I'm here. You know what Spirited Away introduces, you absolutely meet us again around talk, around from talk on, it starts to get again, we get into this place where it's like, you know, I have to talk to someone on the outside to find out what I was really saying on the inside. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about talk because to me, it's, it's almost like a, it's a tribute to therapy. It's a tribute to the idea of being able to talk to someone you didn't grow up with, who doesn't know you. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the point. Yep. Yep, yep. Sarita is at the, uh, that's my therapist. Mm. She's at the end of that song too. Um, on a day where I hadn't had sessions with her in a while because I had, not because, like when you're doing so well, it's not that you just don't have to, to talk to your therapist anymore, but I was in a place where I was just like working on stuff on my own and I was getting ready to speak to her. And right before I got ready to speak to her, something just ended up happening. Mm. And I ended up having a moment and I called her and I'm just like, man, I did it again <laughs> and it was cool uh, to speak to her in that moment so that she could remind me of something that sometimes I just need to be reminded of what's that which is if there is something that like doesn't make you feel good and it's rooted in, in something that you can really stand on and explain then talk about it and stand on it and, and be okay with that like some things you let slide but if it's not worth letting slide then speak on it and be and be cool speaking on it and that was a moment where I was like did I do or say the wrong thing and she just reassured me, like, that's just something that, like, you have to be willing to communicate. You can't settle, like, or you, you won't be able to, like, let that one slide. Wow. And setting those boundaries was just really, really important for me to, like, get back into my day and to get back into feeling good and to just, like, continue, like, this motion of working on myself and working on my communication skills. Because before I met her, my communication skills were shot. Mm. They were terrible. Mm. Really, really bad. So um, We weren't encouraged as... Certainly in my generation, there was no one looking at us going, you know, hey, talk through the thoughts. It was just like, what are your thoughts? Tell me your thoughts. It wasn't like what's motivating them, what's behind them. Mm -hmm. Often what we're thinking and what we say isn't necessarily how we feel anyway. It's, it's, it's like, like you, you beautifully established before, it's uh, an invention. Yeah. It's kind of like a placeholder. Yeah. It's a perception and it takes a lot to really like just get that off of you and to, and to feel like, I can be a 2.0 version of myself. Like, mm. I can like offer something different, not only like for myself, but for the people around me to, to be able to just like be proud and be happy and be filterless and just be fluid in, in a different way. And I'm really, really grateful that one, I've been able to create a space where the people around me are the best people around me. And now all we have to do is work on creating a setting where like the setting is always the perfect setting. Stories in motion. Uh, I apologize to anybody watching this who by now knows who's on that song because mm -hmm. I didn't have it in my track listings, yeah, which yeah. is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, a little, I liked that. Yeah. So who is it? Wale. It's Wale. Yes, I love like Easter eggs. I love moments where mm. there's plenty of them on a project. Yeah, who else? India Sean did some vocals on Spirited Away. Amazing. Uh, Mariba did a, a couple of harmonies on Night Ride Home, mm -hmm. uh, the last track. Uh, songwriter Bay helped mm -hmm. with Tit for Tat. Mm -hmm. um, Cadence helped with Spirited Away as well. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Wale, um, Ty Dolla did some vocals on Night Ride Home. But it's nice because as someone who's known for being a guest on other people's records, yeah. a collaborator, yeah. it's cool that you make it more of a personal experience for yourself. For me, it's personal. And yeah. I know that Wale has always like had a way with his words. And I know that like during times where I was still figuring out myself and figuring out my music, his music spoke, his words spoke to me. I hate using this word because I think it's actually almost borderline disrespectful, but if, if underrated could be a word, yeah. he is underrated. Flowers, man. Flowers for him yeah. all day long because yeah. everything that we see right now as far as hip-hop goes like has graduated from a specific era. And as of right now, the current day, that era is Drake, that era is Kendrick, that era Wale. is Wale, that era is Cole. Like These are some of the building blocks of what we have right now. So. Um, Flowers for him. It was an honor to be able to reach out to him and just 
say, I need you for That's something. That's awesome. And the song was pretty much already um, done. And I could tell just in our exchanges that he took it serious. Even though it was a moment, mm. those next couple of days, he's like, all right, so you want me to like mm. come at it this way? Mm. You know, should I do this? Should I do that? And I gave him free reign. He painted a picture in a matter of, I don't know, what, 30 seconds? Uh, because he'd done the work, he figured it out. And, and, it's and everything that he said is like, yeah, amazing. like spot on as far as that song goes. He wrapped it up in such a perfect way. Yeah, he did. And it's it, it, what I really like is it's succinct, mm -hmm. right? It's, what is it, like eight bars max, yeah. 16 max? It's, it's like eight. Yeah. But he made it feel like a 16. Yeah, yeah. He it's beautiful. It um, you know, in recent years, you've been the go-to collaborator in so many songs and have experienced success by proxy as well as on your own terms. It's like, and you get all these additional songs that you can choose on, choose not to, mm -hmm. put in your live set. It just creates this much broader universe for you to work, to work in. Yeah. But even you must admit that there was a year there where it was just like, there was a, a lot. lot of black on a lot. a lot of other people's music. Absolutely. And, and you know, you've chosen carefully in the last few years. I know, you know, the, the, the little TJ record was a huge success for you. Mm -hmm. How are you going about that part of your life now, knowing that it is a card you can play at any time? You're in that room, people want to work with you all the time, but you don't have to. Yeah. I mean, it's relationships. Like if I meet people and it feels right, and I feel like there's something like worth pursuing as far as like music and creativity goes, yeah. then cool. Do you remember when I said that when I first started listening to your music, it would be at night? Uh -huh. I loved hearing Night Ride Home for the first time. Ah, yeah, Night Ride Home. In RH, because it's like a different ride, a different time in the day. Absolutely. A different perspective, the world looks different. Mm -hmm. But it just felt to me like you're coming home different. I am, Night Ride Home is like, one, I had to have a disclaimer for that song when I was uh, presenting it to my partner. I'm like, all right, I know what you're about to hear. All right. I'm like, if you listen to it, it might sound right, like right, it, right, but, right, right. but trust me, you know. <laughs> uh, Night Ride Home was a moment of me stepping outside of my situation and thinking about something that I know tons of people think about, which is what would my life be if I did something different? Mm -hmm. If I was with somebody different, what would it be? And it's having those thoughts like past me and then at the end of it all being like, Actually, I'm good where I am. Like, mm. I'm, I love where I am. I'm, I'm enjoying my life. I'm enjoying my day. I'm enjoying love the way that it is. To have that conversation is normally like one that you shy away from. And to be able to have that conversation on wax and to be able to share that with my partners is a moment where I just feel like more accomplished because those are types of songs that would have been written differently in the past. Yeah, in the shadows, right? Lots yeah, of metaphors and exactly. hiding things. And it would have it would have been a little bit more like shame attached to it. And mm. now um, I'm I'm just becoming like a better communicator. And Night Ride Home is me just feeling good, like giving myself a pat on the back and being like, you, you're doing pretty good, bro. And every conversation that pops up, every feeling that pops up that you feel the urge to say something about, say it. Say it. Just keep saying, I got a tattoo on me that just says talk about it because I have to remind myself like as much as I can to talk about it. Bro, look who we are, man. Yeah. I, I can't remember the last time I, I was this close proximity-wise to a really active waterfall. waterfall. Yeah, I didn't even know LA had. In Los Angeles, <laughs> right? <laughs> I was like, there's enough water for that. How much of this, by this I mean just kind of being out in something that isn't music or industry or cities or whatever, like what kind of influence did, did isolating yourself play in getting to this place creatively? I mean, it really just opened up the sonics of what we were doing. Like it made me realize that there was a, a different like feel to life and like my good day changed from what it used to be. Like maybe back then it was just like having a day at the crib playing video games and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and not having too many outside influences. But yeah. my good day today is a day at the beach or a day like on a walk or a day somewhere out in nature. and. It's just sounded different than, than what it used to sound like. It's so inspiring being able to have this conversation. And by inspiring, I think for other kids who right now are burning the candle of creativity. Mm -hmm. When you're young and you think like, I've got this, something I want to say. Mm -hmm. The work ethic is going to get me through. I'm just going to hustle, 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 hustle. Yeah. And there's a period in life you have to do that. But I think what you're saying is like, there is a way to find balance through that. Mm -hmm. And it's like now if I need to have a moment where we have, we get into a mode and it's like, are we working tonight? Are we gonna be up? It's a good session, so-and-so coming out, mm -hmm. let's work. Like I know how to do it. 
I know how to thrive in that setting. I know how to, to have a, a good session, a it's good studio. Night. Yeah, but yeah, that was the lifestyle yeah, back yeah. then. It was I was in the studio from 3 p.m. to 3 a.m. every single day. Yeah. And overtime was literally leaving the studio when it's sunny outside. It's the never-ending childhood dream, you know, of like if I can sit in this place and create, why mm. would I ever leave? Yeah, I'm, I live in the studio. Mm. I lived, I lived in the studio, Interscope Studio. No excuses. It's not there anymore, like the the original one. But that was like the place where Kendrick was making damn and like I remember just knowing that in every room, Schoolboy Q, SZA, there's something great going on in every room. So I'm here, I'm gonna live here, I'm gonna stay here. If somebody walks in the room, they're gonna walk in on something great because I know that something's great, something's great is going on down the hallway. So um, I remember being in that studio and following that as much as I could until the point where like I say, you just reach that threshold where your body just burns out, and yeah. it's like. But then, right. but then we walk out of those rooms, and you go like, "Oh, that's a badge of honor." Yeah, I yeah. did it till I, I did fell that. over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I literally, it's not like, healthy. Bragging about it, almost bragging about it. But there was a day where I sat there, and I kid you not, like I was so done. Just like I, I finished the album, I was still trying to like crank out music, burnt out completely, and there was a day where I just sat. And that day, everybody kept kind of like popping in, checking on me, because it was just dead silent, no music. And they're just like, yo, you good? And then that you good turned into, I talked to them later, they were like, yo, were you in the room at, at this point in the night? Because we popped in and we didn't see you. And I was like, bro, I sat in the same spot all night long. But I was so like locked in that I didn't have a thought, I didn't have a feeling, I didn't have a word, I didn't want to hear a sound. And like that just made me really step back and think, all right, you gotta be a little, you gotta have more balance, that's it. You just gotta have a little bit more balance because mm. you, you just can't continue to put yourself like in a position to, to not have anything left to give, like you need to save it. I started to realize like my voice doesn't have to necessarily like be a traditional thing or be a familiar thing for it to thrive. Like I'm, I'm around people who mm. are doing things that are brand new and all I have to do is just like find out what my version of that is. And, you know, being two doors down from like greatness like Kendrick and greatness like SZA and greatness like Schoolboy and mm -hmm. whoever was popping in and out of the studio just really made me sit with my own work and think, all right, like how can I match that energy? Like how can I, how can I do my own thing? How can I do my own thing? That's such an important question. It's hard though sometimes to avoid comparison, even just self-comparison, be inspired so much by your peers that you end up wondering whether I'm keeping pace, am I doing anything of value? Do you ever, did you ever used to have those feelings like self-doubt? What role did it play, if, it, if at all, in your life? I think more than anything, it was just like me trying not to like get too ahead of myself and, and just being honest with myself. Like, just because I make it doesn't mean it's the best thing in the world. <laughs> just because I wrote wow. it don't mean it's the coldest thing in the world. It's like really listening back and not being biased to what you create yeah. and holding yourself to like a standard. Like, is this song the best version of like this feeling that you're trying to convey? And if it's not, then make another one and see if you can compare them. And if that one's better, then there you are, you're getting somewhere. So with that being said, you know, Easter Land Love Letter might be one of the most important albums you ever make in your life because without that album, there is none of this. Yeah, absolutely. Free Black was being like in that place of turmoil and being in that place of self-doubt and being in that place of like being a little bit like muted. Mm. And then Easter Land Love Letter was me opening my heart and my mind into like different ideas and being like, okay, actually I'm starting to get the hang of this. Yeah, it's cool that you, you know, some of the earliest relationships you had in this business remain like working with Earth Gang and yep. I mean, you think about those kids that came up and you were, you were searching for community, right? I mean, spillage is just really an exercise in friends figuring out that we're better together than we are as we, like on our own terms. Yeah, and the industry in general too, is just making music with your friends is way more fun yeah. than anything else. Create that community thrive in that community and everything else is easy like if we have to do a camp you know we don't have to worry about who's in the camp if it's just all us like if it's Mariba down the hall Earth Gang down the hall I'm down the hall Jid down the hall it's all the pressures off all the extras off and we can just rely on each other lean on each other remember what we used to do and does it still feel like that I mean even though you've all grown up now and yeah. your kids family success industry every camp's got its own camp mm -hmm. do you still feel like the the essence of that camaraderie still exists? Yeah, absolutely. I still talk to everybody regularly, like Jassar, Olu. Um, anytime I've been away from Mariba for too long, I text her like, hey, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta link, we gotta sit down, we gotta talk, we gotta catch up. And same for Jit. It's like, these are people that 
coming into this, we knew that we were, were going to be a family. And mm. even to today, it's just like that family thing is really important to us, even if we spend time away from each other and somebody's on tour. Mm. It's like when it's time to link and when it's time to talk, it'll always be the same. I feel like you and Jid are almost the same person, but you just um, decided to emphasize yeah. the different sides of your personality. Yeah, for sure. It's like <laughs> Jid is the one who grabbed the mic and decided to leave it torched yeah, and smoking yeah, yeah, yeah. on absolutely, the ground. Absolutely. But he can definitely hold melody and leans into that mm -hmm. song structure. Whereas you were more than capable of going down that road as well, but you chose to lean into the song structure, but you can also still torture Mike when you yeah. choose to. So it's like the balance is perfect between the two of you. Absolutely. I think you know, one day uh, soon, I'll probably lean a little bit more to the rap side yeah. and, and exercise that. Yeah. Um, I think it calls for it, especially that's how I started. So yeah. um, I, I want to make sure that I, I spend some time like figuring out what that sounds like if I need to go sit with no ID, if I need to go sit with Hit Boy, if I need to like go sit with somebody who can help that voice like start to emerge again. Well also when you grab a microphone, I think being a life, you know, a, a big fan of, of rap and hip hop and the idea of exercising language in, in a way that is sharp and funny and aggressive and mm -hmm. truthful and competitive and mm -hmm. all the things that come with it. Mm -hmm. Heartbreaking, you know, there's so much wrapped up in it. That often if you're gonna grab a mic, and you're gonna exercise that muscle, yeah. it comes from the ego, right? Yeah. And yet you're trying to find a way to work with your ego, not work for your ego. Yeah. So what does that sound like? When you decide to grab a mic this time, it's yeah. like, do you, just, do you just unlock the ego as an exercise and let it run free? I think in a sense that it is unlocking it and letting it run free because regardless of like what comes out, it'll always be more tame than it was. I don't know. It, <laughs> It'll, it'll be more tame than 2016 me, for sure. Balance is okay, like life is both. Life is everything, like you yeah. know, it's good, it's bad, it's bravado, it's peace and tranquility, it's moments of ego, it's moments of accountability. Yeah, so, where were you before you were here today? Exactly, so I'm, I'm down to continue to just like honor and, and remember that life is balance. Saying low, Apple Music.